It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs, the Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life, and welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Acteson, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories I know you're going to relate to, and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here, and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up, as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. I am welcoming Amber Liliestrom to the Zero Wasted Days podcast today. Amber is a branding strategist, business mentor, author, and keynote speaker. She helps visionary entrepreneurs and CEOs align their purpose with their profit and position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders in the most authentic way possible. I'm super excited because Amber was my very first business mentor, so it feels very full circle and I'm super excited and honored to have her here with me today. on the Zero Wasted Days podcast. Now let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to Zero Wasted Days. I am super, super excited to be welcoming Amber Liliestrom onto my podcast today. And it is extra special because Amber and I actually started working together. She was my very, very first business mentor back in 2019. And I joined Amber's Mastermind back in 2019. And ever since, I have followed her journey, and it's just been instrumental in the foundational parts of my business. So welcome, Amber. Thanks, Suzanne. I'm so excited to be here. It just feels like a real full circle kind of moment, you know, back 2019, where I joined your program and I was looking at the the Amber influence in my, in my life, everything from, you know, my journal to my little, you know, trophy that you gave back at the the retreat years ago. (laughs) No, that's definitely isn't the same with all of the coaches because I have worked with different coaches and gone to different places around in the coaching world. And this definitely, I don't think has been the case with all the coaches that I've worked with, but I think just, you know, you were very instrumental in that first, you know, pillar foundational piece of my, uh, of my journey. And so, yeah, I'm just honored and excited at the same time. Yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm really proud of you. It's just been so cool to watch your journey unfold and, you know, you've been a rock star since day one. And so just thank you for the opportunity to come and connect here in this iteration and just thinking about, you know, who we were in 2019 and Mm. not only just us as people, as individuals in our own worlds, but then how the world changed and then how business intersects with that. And now here we are in 2023 and it's all just kind of wild. So, (laughs) and your, your life and and business has continued to, well, particularly your life has continued to grow and expand beyond your, your own dreams. And Mm. 
you know, I, in having you here, I've, I've given some thought to, you know, the questions I wanted to ask you and not just ask you, you know, the, some of the same questions I've been having so far, because I really feel like there's a, there's, there's a profound nature to the work that you do. And, you know, your brand new website has a really poignant quote on it, which is your current reality is a reflection of what once was. And, mm. I really love this and I'd love you to share a little more about how your journey here and over the last, you know, kind of almost 10 years in uh, as an entrepreneur, 10 years later, what wisdom you can share and you can kind of give us now that you can like look back on that 10 years to inspire and kind of reflect on now that you can, now you have that beauty of, of, of hindsight. Yeah. What a cool question. You know, I think that you know, the, the me that I get to be today is a result of this sort of insatiable hunger to liberate myself from suffering Mm. and from the patterns and the paradigms that I was subscribed to through just, you know, being a human and raised by fellow humans and in society and just, you know, all these sort of tracks that we kind of get ourselves into. And then, I've always been this person who's just very curious and asks a lot of questions. It's actually like my primary method of coaching is just asking a lot of questions and reflecting to my clients because the reality is, is I don't, I don't know what's best for them. I couldn't even pretend to know that. How do I know? But what I do know is that I have curiosity around why things are a certain way and can help my clients really see with a broader perspective, what might be possible if they consider new perspectives. And so I think if I reflect on the last almost 10 years here and, you know, just birthing this business into being, but most of all, just this version of myself, you know, who's a mother to two babies and a wife to my best friend, Ben, and living, you know, a life that is just, it's really abundant and really fulfilling. And I I think the other piece is I just get to be really present every day. All of those things were, were the deep cravings that I had for myself back then. And I wasn't living that, you know, I was working at, you know, warp speed pace. And Mm. I was reflecting on it this morning, actually in prep for our our interview, I was thinking about how my kids were chasing each other on the floor this morning. And, you know, I was just there in my pajamas drinking tea. And I just thought to myself, you know, this would, I would be dressed. I would have my, you know, my work clothes on. Yeah. I would have to be, you know, my kids would probably have to go to like some sort of care situation, mm-hmm. you know, we would just be doing life so differently. And I just had this moment of like grace and gratitude for it, but also just the confirmation of like, right, but we're not because I made the choices that I made to design life like this, because this is an integrity and alignment with how I actually want to live my life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that. I was having a similar thought last night when we were sitting out or we had friends over for Easter and, and Easter Monday with no family here. We have friends. Those, those are our, that's our family. And I was sitting outside after they'd left by the bonfire, just with my husband, Rob. And I was like, I would have been in like panic mode going back into my job the next day and kind of like yep. rallying myself up and rallying myself to get, you know, to get back to the, to the, to the pace where, now, you know, the, the, the beauty of it is that we can have a pace that we want to have that, our, that our business slots into, as opposed to like right. this hustle pace, we can be totally. in this beautiful flow and have us dictate it as opposed to the other way around. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so another quote, which you're very, very well known for is if the dream is in you, it's for you. And it is on the front of that journal. And I know personally, this quote has been a real guiding light for me. And I'm sure many others, 
And I'd love to know how you've seen examples of this in your life, in your business, in different clients, and how, you know, how do we know that the dream we have in us is worth pursuing? Yeah. You know, I think the the most honest version of this story that I can share is in 2021, we went through IVF. And so we have had, we, we struggled with secondary infertility and we tried and tried and, you know, eventually it was like, okay, we we've really got to go this route. And so we did IVF and the first cycle didn't take. And so we were not pregnant. And then we went right into another cycle and we ended up getting pregnant, you know, from the two embryos that were transferred. And so there was a positive pregnancy test. And I remember just being kind of like in total disbelief. I was like sitting in my kitchen with my brand new book, Paddle Home, that had just arrived from the publisher, was going out to the world in like two weeks, but I was sending it out to my Ignite Your Soul Summit virtual audience because mind you, it was still in the pandemic. And I had my book, my dream book that I wanted to write with two pregnancy tests that were positive on top of it. And I have that picture. And I just remember Suzanne just being like, this is insane. Like it's almost too much for me to, wow. you know, like process. Mm. These are two of my biggest dreams in my life. Obviously the, the baby part was my first, but also very close second was to write that book. So here I am. And I'm just like, it's glorious day. It was April of 2021. So I'm just kind of like two years later, kind of going through similar sensations of the date, you know, it's like April 8th, 2021. Mm. And then you know, fast forward, I think a week or so, we were like going through all the blood work and my blood levels weren't rising to the levels that they were supposed to. So I ended up had to go, had an ultrasound. And unfortunately there was no gestational sac. And it was really heartbreaking. You know, like the whole thing was super heartbreaking because my body thought I was pregnant, but I wasn't with a viable pregnancy at least. And so, yeah, I, I ended up losing, I had a miscarriage and of what was happening in my body. And I just knew at the end of it that I just couldn't go through that again. I just couldn't I, it had been such a long road with my body. I also had a near-death experience when my daughter was born. So it was just like a lot of things as it relates to this body of mine. And I just knew like this was, this wasn't the way. And I was shattered, you know, I was like absolutely heartbroken. And I actually walked with the question, like, is the the dream is in me? Is it actually for me? You know, I, I really sat with the crushing blow of thinking that might not be true. And I was in such grief, you know, for a, for a while but very just sort of like in the whisper and the quiet of our heartbreak, we serendipitously connected with an adoption consultancy and we signed up with them, but we just were not really able to proceed with anything at that moment. It was like, this is just all way too much right now. And, you know, I think the other thing that was really tricky too, is like, I was being met with, I was 39, right. At that time being met with the idea that my fertility was complete. And so that was like a whole nother huge pill to swallow that I hadn't anticipated even being a thing I'd have to think about, you know, yeah. and it was a big deal. And so there's just this combo pack of all these things and we just healed and we went slow with it. And I explored that question and, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was like limping through. I remember a client saying to me, like, how did you do that? Like, how were you there for us? And how did you continue to show up? And I said, because it was a place for me to go and put my energy and love yeah. That didn't concern me, you know, like it, I didn't have to think about what I was grappling with. I just got to love on you and help you. And it was very nourishing for me. It was like mm. a real gift to get to just serve and be in my work. Mm. And so it was great. And I think of any tragedies or traumas and when I went through a divorce in my late twenties and all this, like my work was always the place where I found like refuge. It was like a place for me to just be useful and not fixate on what my heart was doing, you know, mm. and just love other people. And so 
at the end of 2021, we were officially home study approved in our adoption process. And we had been just learning, you know, a lot over all those months and studying and understanding everything about adoption and all the things, you know, all the dimensions and dynamics that go into it. And fast forward to March of 2022, and I was on retreat in Florida leading my Elevate Mastermind. And um, I had just kind of like made this decision. We did this exercise where I asked the group to go back to the moment before a story that was like a limiting story, a, a label and identity became part of who how they knew themselves, like before that existed. And so I went back to this moment of the version of me before the story of infertility was my story. And it was such a powerful exercise because I had never thought about that before. And I brought us to this, we had this bonfire, this beautiful kind of ceremony thing. And I just said, let's write, write that down and let's burn it. And so I burned the story of infertility and I just refused to keep that as my identity because it wasn't, it wasn't who I was, you know, and ultimately I did, I have a biological daughter, you know, we did have fertility treatments. I was 31 and we conceived Johnny, but I was like living in this saying I was infertile. I was infertile. I was like, well, of course, you know, if you just, this is what you're, this is what you've chosen. This is your identity. And who knows if I'd ever be able to have a baby, but it wasn't supposed to go that way. So I burned the story and I asked for signs and I just like lived in the present. And I made the decision to sort of cross over this threshold and just believe in our baby without conditions, without attachment, without knowing what was going to happen. But I just said to Ben, like, we just have to believe in our baby. And um, of course we had opened the portal, like deciding to go forth with adoption, but we weren't trying to control how that was going to happen. And we just started saying yes to like every case that would come through. And on the day we got back in another lifetime, we couldn't have known our son was born in Florida and we got a, a little case that afternoon that he was here. And we got a phone call within 24 hours of that. And the birth parents had chosen us and we were on a plane the next morning, like before mm-hmm. the way before the sun. And we were there and we got to adopt our son, Alex, on the 15th of March, 2022. Mm. And it was just like so many things just kind of clicked into place, Suzanne, where it was like, oh, like it was always happening like this. It was always unfolding. I just couldn't see it. We couldn't see it. And so it's that, you know, the Steve Jobs quote of you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it looking back and everything made sense. And um, I believe, I really believe it to your point with looking at the clients that I serve and what the process of living into their dreams does for them, like how it creates who they become and how it teaches them and how it shows them. It's just, I have not seen a time where a dream wasn't of service, even if it didn't come to full fruition the way they thought it would, that it didn't serve some really important purpose on the path to help them evolve into who they were meant to be. Yeah. And I love what you said, not to mention the goosebumps that you've got me. And I don't know how you tell that story without crying. (laughs) (laughs) But I love how you said in the whispers in the quiet, you know, it's it's so often that we find, and I, and I go straight to the word solutions, but we find guidance. Yeah. I giggle at myself in finding that word solutions because in my own journey, in my own healing journey, in my own journey inward, I have realized that I look for solutions and I look for band-aids and I look for ways of fixing things. And I've also attracted a lot of clients who are looking for band-aid solutions, who are looking for a fixer. And, you know, this is the journey of entrepreneurship is, you know, the first 
for three or four years of me becoming a business coach was a lot of leaning on the things that I felt the most comfortable doing, which was strategy, which was let's look at your strategy. And, you know, of course, like energetics and mindset was always there, but I leaned on this so heavily that I attracted a lot of people into my yeah. world that were looking just for that. And for, for someone who could fix it, who could do what I had done and, and I could do it to a certain extent, but we all know you and I both know that that's such a small part of it. And in the whispers and in the quiet of actually getting quiet with ourselves is where the real answers lie. Yeah. Every time. Every time. So when, when things get tough for clients in particular, how do you keep believing? Like what, what are some strategies? What are things I go to the strategies? What are some (laughs) things that you do to help clients or yourself through those times when it gets really tough? Yeah. Well, I got the word held tattooed on my wrist recently (laughs) because after Alex came, it was sort of like the jig was up, you know, like any part of me that wanted to go to that storyline of it's never working out for me, like kind of martyry victim mm-hmm. vibes. It just didn't fly anymore. You yeah. know, it was kind of like you're that's like the most hypocritical thing. Like you just can't even pretend that that's true. And so I will bring my clients back to the reference points of those experiences for them on their journeys and remind them of the miraculous nature of their existence and the miraculous nature of their dreams, because, you know, I uh, actually just had a, a retreat here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire called the Ignite Your Business Retreat. And the first exercise we kicked the day off was having every single woman in the room write their dream on an index card and then write their name on it and then hand it in. And then what we did was we passed them all around the room and had every single person stand up and read someone's dream out loud so that we could all bear witness to it and hold it. And the the really fascinating thing and what I love so much about an exercise like this is there are never two dreams that are the same mm. ever mm. in the history of, of people. I do this exercise in larger, I do it all the time. And I've never one time in one room had a person say the exact same dream as another person that I look at them and I go, well, how could that be? Because most of our inner critics sit here and say, well, your dream's not that original. Everybody wants, you know, it's like, it's not even that good, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so I remind people you know, my podcast is now called Ignite Your Dream because I really am all about this whole dream thing because I find it's like, try talking to a person who doesn't, who's not willing to be honest about what their dream or their vision is or says that they don't matter and be excited in that conversation. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's just, I want to know what a person is about. Like, yeah. what are you dreaming into? What are you creating? Like, what what lights you up? If you don't have that, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know how we breathe without that. And so that's really the place that I point my clients back to. And here's the the second piece to this as a coach that I would love for you to hear. It's that me as a mentor and as a coach, I don't have any drama with you about your dream. I just believe you. So Mm -hmm. when you tell me I want to rebuild this farmhouse and make it my modern home for my family to live in, and it's my dream and it's in the countryside and it's la la la, like, I'm just like, tell me more. What kind of floors are we going to have? Like, tell me about the beams. (laughs) I just, I don't have any doubt Mm -hmm. about the validity of your dream. I just believe you. Mm -hmm. And so I remind them of that and I just say lean in because we're going to we're going to figure out how to carve the path and of course you know I have the business acumen and all that strategy stuff activation stuff that I can apply to then creating a plan 
and a pathway that really is energetically aligned, that really is focusing on all of the, the things that work, including quantum mechanics and the, the universal laws and like all these pieces yeah. blending together to create a physical reality that feels totally amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I tell my clients often that I'll believe in your dream with you. I have a vested interest yeah. in helping carve that path. And when you can come with obviously the the depth of energetic and like you said, quantum work that you do together with the power of smart strategies, you've, you know, you've taken 10 years to see what works and doesn't work. And yeah. sure, there's probably still strategies out there that, that even we don't, we don't know about. That's yeah. where the the magic, you know, the magic happens. But I never knew, you know, I never really kind of contemplated a lot of the work that I was going to have to do. My journey in entrepreneurship, leaving corporate has been about 10 years long, you know, four years as a business coach. This has been the most, the most uh, extraordinary because, you know, I have learned and unpacked the power of healing the traumas and diving into the conditioning and, you know, reconnecting to myself and regulating the nervous system and all the things I never realized when I first left the agency to be an entrepreneur, I never realized that those were part of building a business. So, you know, I, and I know how powerful that has been for you, you know, how important that part, that piece is, it's not even a piece, it's just forever interwoven. And And I'd love to know, like, what have you done so that energetically your soul and your mind was showing up to build the most amazing business? Hmm. I mean, I think it's just, it's such an ongoing commitment. And I think that there's an opportunity for things to fall away. It's like, there's, it's really a letting go process, you know, of just like, what are all the frames and, and the stories I've told myself about how I have to be. And when you compare notes right? With that question to what your experiences have been in the past in your life, it's fascinating to see how much is there and Mm -hmm. how much conditioning and how much programming. And, you know, especially when you bring in topics like money and, you know, worth and value and positioning and, you know, it's just like all of the things, right? It's, it's entrepreneurship is just life school and Mm -hmm. it's super, super, super powerful because your stuff just is going to come right up to the surface. And so I think that's, for me, it's like having great mentorship and having support from all sides on that inner work stuff. Like I don't have a business strategist, like coach. In fact, when I was working with one (laughs) a couple of years ago, he was like, you don't need a business coach. He was like, you just don't, you know what you're doing and you just call bullshit on basically like everything that I offer to you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh gosh, yeah, I love you. And he's like, no, you just don't, you don't need it. You just, you need just support in the way of like human support, you know? And and so I have a mentor that I've been working with since, I don't know, maybe 2017, Rosemary Bradison. And she's just, you know, I don't, I'm so grateful for her and the ways in which she just shows up and holds with me as I'm navigating life dynamics and things like that. And that's really most of what the challenges are. I think like the business stuff is, it really can be play when you peel back the like making it about your self-worth stuff. Like when you realize it just that that's not relevant at all. And it's more about like, how do I, it's just, we've been conditioned Suzanne to think that everything is about our self-worth and because we grew up in a paradigm of having to prove ourselves for love in most cases. And so of course we would think that, but your clients already think that you can help they don't question your credibility. They're just like, 
oh my gosh, give me the good stuff, you know, like give me the invitation. And so the biggest work is that breaking through that barrier of like allowing yourself to be fully seen and fully expressed and fully embodied to share the fire that you're here to share. And so that's the place where I find myself really doubling down because most of the clients I work with, they're not that confused about what they they should be doing and how to roll it out and all that. Like they know what to do. They are just paralyzed by the patterning and by the old stories and by the rules. I'll use air quotes when I say that for uh, who they believe they have to be in order to be acceptable, in order to be loved, in order to be safe. Mm-hmm. So many women, like they freeze, right? They get into the yeah. nervous system, will just freeze and yeah. not, and they're smart, you know, can have PhDs and be stuck in indecision. And it's the nervous system speaking at, at that point. And I think, you know, it's such an important thing that you said, you know, the first thing that we have to do is let things go, like actually yeah. let go. And that releasing stage of energetic recalibration is so, and we have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it you know, on a constant basis. And you know, you mentioned something around releasing also creates that space, right? Like obviously, you know, zero wasted days. And my mission with this business is about helping people, you know, create that space and help them see that, you know, life is so important that life comes first. You know, I know you live and you embody this philosophy 1000% and believe very strongly in it. You know, how tomorrow on a Wednesday, like I have a no desk Wednesday, you have a no desk Wednesday as well. What's shown you that life first is such an important thing and how do you, you know, practice that? Yeah. I mean, I had a near death experience when my daughter was born. And so everything became pretty clear that we've got it mostly wrong in terms of how we've set up, you know, our jobs, our careers, our focal points. I was doing a series of stories this morning on my Instagram. And one of the things that I was thinking about was like being someone who was born in the eighties. I really feel like there was always this idea that we needed to like deprivation was something that was valiant, if you will. So like I remember my mom and her Jane Fonda workouts. And I remember like all the things that they had like for bodies in the eighties, like you'd be smaller and skinnier and wear these like weird suits that you can sweat in and all this stuff. Right. I taught aerobics. A- so I completely understand that. Yeah. So it was like such a focus on make yourself like smaller mm-hmm. and deprive yourself and like, don't enjoy anything like real, like true pleasure was sort of a shameful thing. And this morning I was eating a strawberry with whipped cream on it. And I just had this thought of like, oh my gosh, like years ago, I would have, I would have been like, you can't eat whipped cream. Mm. What? I'm like, this is so good. It's like fresh whipped cream on a strawberry. I'm like, you better believe I'm going to freaking eat this thing. And how I just don't even think of those things anymore. But I really lived like that. And I think about like my place of work, it was like pay your dues and like basically just like suffer. Just be in pain all the time, work yourself to exhaustion point, and then you win because you're like so tough. And I would say, Suzanne, that you and I and everybody listening to this, like we've already got the tough trophies. Mm. Like, yep, we're pretty darn tough. I don't need to prove that anymore. I am complete in proving that. But it doesn't mean that it's not still wired in you to think that you still have to operate like that. And so that's like this very weird sort of meta flip kind of thing where you just have to look at, oh yeah, like that's what gets rewarded and that's what gets celebrated. And I just call BS on it. You know, I remember sitting at a table with a mentor at the time who was 
a really, really well-known podcaster and person out in this personal development space. And I said, if you could identify any blind spots for me, or is there anything that you you see that could be a huge growth zone that I'm just kind of missing? Mm. I was like, what do you think? And he goes, and this isn't actually even the part that's relevant, but I'm going to say it. And some of you guys might get triggered by it. a man telling me this. I wasn't triggered at all. I was actually grateful for it. But he said, I think you should work with a personal trainer. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, you're a former division one athlete and you're not, I can tell that you're not like your athlete is not online right now. Like she's not, you don't have a lot of space for her. And I was like, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like I really need her. She's really valuable to me. He wasn't telling me like you're fat and you need to lose weight. It wasn't saying any of that. He was just like, this is like for personal performance. And that's the way that I heard it. And I was like, yeah, that would feel good to do that. And he said, because, you know, and this is the part he goes, when you're like working 40, you know, 40 hours plus a week, you gotta, you gotta have the time and the space for that. And I looked at him and I was like, what? what? 40 hours. I was like, who's working 40 hours a week? And he goes, well, aren't, you know, aren't you working 40? I was like, I like laughed lovingly in his face. I said, brother, I'm not even working 20 hours a week. Mm. And he's like, how do you have, you know, half a million plus dollar business when you are only working? And I was like, oh, well, let me school you for a minute. And at the time I only had 3000 people on my email list. And so to me, that moment was really important because it was like, I got to hear from somebody I was learning from the way that, that he's living his life and he doesn't have children still doesn't, but he probably will at some point and how I've designed my life and how these are vastly different things and our, where our value systems are. Mm -hmm. Like I think often about scaling Suzanne. And I always think to myself, like, what are you scaling for? Like, let's talk about that because I love the idea of making a shit ton of money, but also I will not like that math has to work for the life that I'm living. So like today's a day where I have three and a half hours ish of calls and I was supposed to have a team call right after this. And I just messaged my team and I was like, it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. I don't want to spend that hour in between that podcast and my coaching call sitting on a call with you. We, I'm like, well, let's just Vox. We don't need to. I was like, go to the beach, you guys go outside. We've been sitting in like winter here. Yeah. And I was like, are you all cool with that? And they're all like, yeah, like peace signs up. I'm like, let's just Vox if we have anything, but we don't have anything super pressing this week. So let's just skip our team call. Yeah. And so it's things like that, you know, cause I need to be out by three o'clock. I need to be done. I am done every day of the days that I take calls, which is really only three days a week because I'm going to my daughter's to pick her up, to take her to theater class and, and to look, um, field hockey practice. And so that's it. It's like, there's non-negotiables and my business doesn't get to over function and overtake things. And therefore I then have to make it work with the allotted time that's available in order to achieve the objectives that I've set for what I want to do in my business. And that's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a, you know, a very unique thing, you know, with the intersection of motherhood and and business and yes. it can be yes. messy, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I've got a, I'm just like watching the baby monitor right now on the floor that it's like up in my loft, the, the, the reception for it doesn't always <laughs> sync up, but he's still sleeping. So it, this yeah. is good. We're doing good. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I'm great. You know, it's like, listen, these are the days mm, totally. I don't get a replay on my, my 12 month old son, my nine-year-old daughter. And I've been with her from the same age. I left my corporate job when she was nine months. 
and was there, did the nap time hustle for all of those years leading up until, you know, we started preschool and then we did a bunch of homeschooling in the mix there too. These years of my children being small is a one-time deal in this lifetime of mine. And, you know, it is, it is so precious Mm -hmm. and it is so, I've wanted it so badly. I wanted it so deeply. Like I, no way will I sacrifice that that time, you know, and it's not a scarcity thing. It's like an enrichment. Mm. It's a joy thing. It's like a deep presence. It's a reverence thing. And I love helping women build their lives around the values and what they actually want for their life. And with no, you know, like we don't have to water it down. Like, let's just say the whole thing. What do you actually want? And if you're not actually living into that, then we have some work to do. Yeah, I love that. You said three or four things that would be perfect segues into, you know, <laughs> three or four other questions. But one of the ones I wanted to ask you first is that intersection where mother motherhood and business come together and that messiness. You know, I know there's so much power in us sharing vulnerably more, you know, more of that and sharing the reality of the messiness and not all pull together, you know, view on on life you know, why do you think that's, you know, important for you to share and show the true power of that? Well, because it's just honest, Mm. you know, it's real. I don't know like why we got this idea that we have to be all perfect. It's like, am I a better coach because I'm wearing different pants? Like, because the monitor's (laughs) not right there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, no. And I'm not like a new, new mom. My daughter's nine. So I've been doing this, you know, for almost a decade here, technically with pregnancy inside of it. Right. So I've been a mother for 10 years, which is like, oh my gosh, it's hard to say out loud. Ah. Uh, like, okay, Suzanne, whoa, that's just going to trigger me right now. But I've been in this motherhood chair for a long time, as long as I've been in business. So I've always had to negotiate these two things together. They've always been a package deal for me and I wouldn't want it any other way. I might not have even created a business if I didn't have children because Mm -hmm. here's the other, the other cold, hard fact, corporate careers are not really set up for mothers Mm -hmm. at all. And if a mother wants to be not, not all moms, you know, not to say they don't want to be with their children, but they're, they like the, yep, I drop you off. You go do your thing. I'd go to my thing. We come back together. This isn't an opinion column on any of that. What it is, is, is your life set up the way you want to do it? Is motherhood set up the way you want to do it? Mm -hmm. And in order to function in this society, you know, like we need, we need multiple incomes. You know, at this point I'm the primary breadwinner, at least in this season of life, my husband has a podcast production business, but that challenge is one I will step up to the plate for every single day over and over again, especially because it's possible mm-hmm. and it's doable. And I think we have to talk about the full spectrum of what that experience feels like. You know, I had this thought the other day, I'm actually would love to ask you this question. I said to Ben, I go, you know, it's actually a lot more comfortable for me to be doing business stuff than it is to be fully present in my motherhood. Like, I think that I'm better at like writing an email, creating content, like thinking up ideas than I am at like dealing with the spilled water, the, you know, constantly that we're in that season now of like, hold me, hold me, don't hold me. I want that. Oh, I want, I'm going to freak out, you know, tantrums about stuff. So I just have moments where I'm like, whoa, it it would be so much easier for me to just go and like write an Instagram post right now than sit here in the kitchen and navigate this. Yeah. And I think there's something there around things that we like to control and, you know, children to the source. And we we can't control, you know, we can't control, but we want, but we want, but we kind of want to, 
But there's oh, yeah. also, you know, such a big impact, you know, with all the little bits of every day, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be these to be these humans. I've got a 15 year old who's like, and I'm looking at, you know, the next few years and him going out on his own. And it's just, it's, that is hundred times harder than sitting here and, and writing, writing emails and launching. So program. much harder. It's yeah. so much harder. So I think like also just acknowledging that, that like yeah. motherhood is challenging. It is some really, really intense work and it has been such an incredible teacher for me and continues to be, and I'm super grateful for it. It humbles me. Mm. Woo, you know, but I'm also grateful that I get breaks and I get to come sit down and have this conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I love the fact that we have partners in life that allow us to do that. That's yep. also been important to me to be able to prioritize myself like that. You know, I call it life and self first embodiment, like truly taking care of number one, because when I yep. did my first list of, you know, who my priorities are in my life, I put my husband and my kids and I was never on that list. Right. And, you know, putting myself at the top of that list was step one of my own healing and my own coming back to myself. But it's a constant process of, you know, trying to stay grounded where our feet are at mm-hmm. and being present as a mom, as a wife and loving ourselves. I think it is quite a beautiful duality to hold with the, you know, keeping your sights set on the vision, the dream, you know, being made for more. How do you think you do that? How do you stay grounded and keep mm-hmm. the vision as well? Well, I think it goes back to if the dream is in you, it's for you. It's just like, I understand the inevitability of it. And I actually enjoy the sort of conception process of dreams. I had something recently come forth and I thought to myself, you know, like the thing happening will be like Christmas morning in a way, but it's like, I love Christmas Eve. I like it actually more. I love the feeling of watching the thing unfold and knowing inevitably that because that dream is there and I can feel it in my gut and my, I can feel it like the fire that it's a real thing. It's not just some sort of like obligatory thing that I'm trying to say that I want, you know, but I can like feel the, the, the momentum of it. I love that. Like, I love the buildup of the thing coming and being like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder how this is going to unfold. Yeah. 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 And any, any gram three as well, I think. No, I'm a nine. A nine. nine. Yeah. Yeah. But nines go to three in growth. So the, the, it's play for me achievement. I, what I've really realized, I thought I was a three for most of my life. And then I found out I'm a nine, which is the peacemaker, which makes so much sense. Yeah. And that the three, we go to three in growth. So when I'm achieving and creating things, I'm growing, you know, like I'm, it's helping stretch me. And that feels like, much more resonant because I'm not motivated by winning except Mm. for in soccer. I'm very motivated by winning anything like athletic. I'm very motivated, but like when it comes down to it, Oh, having the big money, you know, numbers and what, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. Mm. I don't care. I, it literally, and that was the part where I was like, I don't think I'm a three because this stuff just doesn't motivate me. It doesn't, it doesn't inspire me. It doesn't fire me up a feeling of peace, a feeling of contentment, a feeling of like isness that like, Oh, okay. Like that's what makes me feel the most joyful and like that, that creating harmony thing. And so that was a real revelation of like, oh, okay. Now that feels like it fits. Yeah. I love that creation process as well. So I'm constantly in that, you know, creating and in the, in the run up to Christmas is definitely, you know, once Christmas is done, I'm like, oh, well now what, you know, what can we, what can can we create next? Yeah. That's interesting. The Enneagram, you thought you were a three and then And I'm going to ask one kind of strategy question, because I really believe that 
you know, and you said something about it before, you know, creating strategies in our businesses helps us obviously thrive, helps, you know, support the life that we really desire. You know, how do you support women in doing that? So how do you help them create the strategies and the model, the business model? What does it mean to you to create a strategy that supports your life? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the things we do in our businesses are activations. And I think the real strategies are like the ways we design how we live. So for me, I go for a walk every morning before the day starts. It's like, I just have to go do that. And it's actually the place like where I record podcast episodes and do a lot of Oxer coaching and whatnot. But I just need to like get out there, be in nature, breathe a little bit. And it sets me up for a better day getting those steps and just like feeling in my aliveness. And so that isn't, that's important because it's like, I'm prioritizing my breath, myself, my body, my, my connection, right. Above what, what levers I'm going to pull in my business that day, like what emails I'm going to send. And so my number one strategy and the one I'm working with my clients on the most is like an energetic integrity, like being in integrity with oneself even if even if that means like on a given day you feel really terrible mm. give yourself permission to feel how you feel like move that thing through go out and on your walk and cry you know like express however you need to express so to me strategically it's really about like how do we how do we show up in the most honest way possible yeah. and then we go from that place into activations mm. in our businesses so that would look like you know, I mean, my business is 99% evergreen in terms of what my offerings are. And that's by design, right? That's like in integrity with how my energy works and how I want to help. I'm a responder. I'm a coach. I love mentoring people. I don't like open, closed cart launch stuff. It just skeeves me out. It doesn't feel in harmony for me. And so I don't design my business like that. I have clients who thrive on that. So we set it up in that way. And that's the activation model that we design. Others are, are like, wow, that's a revelation. You have an entirely evergreen business model. How do you do that? And I help them philosophically understand why why they might consider that and then how to implement elements of activation and yes, strategy to then move the needle in their business. But we really start from a very high level sort of top-down spiritual, energetic, somatic approach to then decide what you're going to then do in your business and you know, most of my clients will say in the testimonials, it's like, I, they'll say Amber changed my entire life. And I'm always like, you changed your life. I just held up the, the possibilities and I walked with you in it. But yeah, like this coaching does create complete life transformation because we're not just working on your business. We're at a higher level, which will then inevitably water down, you know, trickle down into the business transformation as well. Yeah, I love that. The business model, I guess you're calling the strategy, is the thing that's helping you. Going out for your walk in the morning is helping you, you know, mm-hmm. r- calibrate at you know at that energetic frequency that you want to be at to be able yeah. to serve your business. And then it's you know whatever levers that you need to you know right right right. Move so around just, in your we're just like taking the the business strategy conversation that I yeah. think from a frequency level is like at a lower vibration mm-hmm. typically. Yeah. And we're just moving it up to like life strategy and understanding like for those of us that are listening to this, your life strategy is being an entrepreneur. That's, you know, I have to have a vocation that translates into me bringing money in, in a particular way that's aligned with what lights me up the most. And so my life strategy is to choose a career path, like the one that I have. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. I love that. And I'm going to finish because I know we, you know, we share a strong belief in, you know, embodying and living in our values. We've already talked a little bit about that. And one of my values is travel and adventure. Surprise, surprise. And when I'm living in this, I truly, whether it's for work or life, I really feel so aligned and excited, you know, just about everything. When we go off on a family trip, even for a weekend, it's just, you know, everything feels, feels right with the world. Um, So my last question is about actually about travel and adventure. And I would love to know the top three places that you have visited and the t- the three places that you'd like to visit. Hmm. That's a bit of a fun question to finish. <laughs> yeah. The top three places I have visited. Well, I'm a real homebody, Suzanne. So I love where I live. I'm going to say that Portsmouth, New Hampshire, this like New England area is very special. And so I would say, I just, I love it here so much. The second place is my family's favorite place to go on vacation is Grayton Beach, Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, right on the Gulf Coast. It is just, it's very magical there for us. And we are hoping to, not hoping to, we're working on getting to a point of getting an investment property down there and and working on that with a short-term rental and, you know, but I host retreats there every year. Mm. So that's my second. And then, you know, I love Seattle. I love Seattle, Washington. I went kayaking up in the Orcas Islands and got to see orcas in the wild. And my best friend from college lives up there. So I would say that's my other place. I really, it's a very different kind of place, but there's a lot of really cool stuff there and family, the friends that live there that I love very much. So, and then places I would want to go, I would love to go to Alaska. I think that would be a really cool adventure for my family, like wildlife, nature type things. Yeah. Isn't this so funny? Uh, my Hawaii, Ani wants to go to, I've been to Kauai. I really love dip. Ani wants to go to Maui. So that's a family trip that we want to schedule. And the third place, I don't have one right now. I'll just have to leave that kind of okay. open-ended. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I've been to place. Europe and stuff, but yeah. it's just, there's so much in the, the travel part. Yeah is just like so chaotic, you know, and I loved, oh, Africa, but like, let me get a million vaccines. So I'm just like, not, you know what I mean? So there's always like a cost with things that I think isn't as exciting to me as like, again, like the harmonizing, like the beingness of it. Mm. Maybe I'll say Scotland. We'll throw that in there because my ancestors are from Scotland. That'll be my third. Yeah. It's not too far. It's It's like not too, too far. You know, No, it's just over, just over the pond. It's not quite Mm -hmm. Africa. You don't need to get vaccinations. Um, I just think it's so interesting. I love to hear, you know, just where, you know, where, and I think it's actually, it's very nourishing. And and I love that all your places, most of them other than Scotland and yeah, other than Scotland were in the U S and that's yeah. where you are. And yeah, you know, just like home. Yeah, home and home. home is like my other word, you know, it's like yeah. a sense of home. And I think that's enough, you know, it's okay. It's so you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to say to Suzanne, I want to go to all these, like, if you don't really want to, you don't have no. to say that. No. Yeah. And we ha- and freedom means, you know, freedom and travel means different things to everybody, right? Like for totally. some people moving from Aust- Canada to Australia, Australia to France ca- sounds like a nightmare. Like for you, that probably sounds like not a dream. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> not really into it, but love Whereas, that that was your story. Yeah. 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 And I just, it's I, I so love, cool. I, it's yeah, so I cool. love, I love how that's actually, that, that helps demonstrate that, Yes, you know, which is what I say all the time. We can redefine how we do business. You, it's up to you, how you do your business. It's up to you, how you, you know, schedule your days, create your business model, all that stuff. I feel very, you know, in tune with everything you talk about and always have, but we can have very, very different, you know, dreams. I think, I I think we should, you know, I think it's like, that's what makes the world really cool is that we don't all have the same favorite singer or the same favorite play or 
color yeah. or, you know, it's just, yeah. that stuff just makes me so excited. You know, people think, oh, they're doing all this comparison stuff. And I'm like, you can't <laughs> like, we're just, we're all so no. unique. And that's actually the magical part of being you in the yes. world and in this lifetime. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think that that's just a perfect note to finish on, but I so, so appreciate you being here and I thank you. And I'm honored that you said yes to come onto the podcast and share your wisdom and all the goodness that you have with me today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm super inspired by you and just keep on rocking. And thanks everybody for tuning in to this amazing podcast. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials, and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.